Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. On this episode of Down the Wire, we bring in the wild and wacky sports world of Idaho with our special guest Gianna Cephalou out of KLEW-TV, the sports everything uh, and we're going to review the trade deadline. God damn it, Brewers. Along with a little bit of football sprinkled in. All this and more coming at you down the wire. Every time we do it, y'all, we do it with fire. Yeah. Sports podcast down the wire. Every time we do it, y'all, we do it with fire. Yeah. Sports podcast down the wire. Episode number 79. Uh, oh, this is the second start, because you'll never figure out what the first start was. <laughs> and only me and Dave will ever know that. And that's how it should be. Yes, episode 79. I'm feeling pretty good about this episode. I've been drinking all day. It's been a fun day so far. We've had a little bit of a party that we were at, I guess, a get-together. Yeah, a my comedy club. It's yes. A- the annual comedy sports picnic. It's iconic, honestly. I mean, I've been going to this picnic for a long time with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you've we've been, been... You've been, like, uh, grandfathered in at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going before I was working there. I went to one while I worked there, and then yep. I got to go after I worked yep. there. So it, it worked out. While you're working there, I'm pretty much good. And you do enough around the place. I think it's fair. Yeah. Uh, you I know help- it wasn't fair? Hmm. 
the absolute shellacking. Oh shit! We're gonna get into it right away. The brothers Wirtz beer pong legendary status. Listen, so this is how this situation worked out. There's a couple of people playing beer pong, and it's the first match of the day. I think so. I think it was the first match of the day. They yeah. just set up beer pong there. And, you know, it's it's water pong with your own drinks. Take a drink after a cup misses. It's yeah. not actually full of beer. But anyway, we see the first match go on. And me and Dave instantly are like, dude, want to wanna fucking play together, man? You know, like real bro stuff. What? That was not bro. That was like Jorge, dude. dude. I don't think it was... Like, hey man, man, let's play. No, it was hey more man, like, look at dude, me. This is my, this is my dude, Marin we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta do this. We felt, we felt the need to hop on this table. And my name is Kyle. It was I love monsters and punching walls. It was let's go instantly. Second game of the day, we hopped on, and we ran the table until the third to last game of the day. Something like that. Yeah, uh, we so won that, that five my, in a row. I want to say five in a row. Uh, played six games. At that point, Tom and I got a little hammered. Okay, so here's the thing. Everyone wanted us to lose in yes, the room. The, by we the were third game. We were definitely the enemy in the room because we were whooping ass at beer pong and no one could beat us. And in fact, everyone who did beat us, we already beat. Mm. So no one really could beat us. So one one team. Right, the and only team that beat us at the end. My girlfriend was on that team. We beat them earlier. Yes. So, to be fair, whatever. Okay, cool, they, they got their also revenge. were not drinking. No, so, exactly. the odds were ever in their favor. We then proceeded to uh, almost tie the game at the fifth, at the sixth game. Yeah. Uh, we came up one cup short. You win some, you lose some. But honestly, I think it was a pretty successful trip. And yeah. we got screwed when they made us switch sides of the table. Yeah. We were winning. The entire time yeah, we they were call like, sides, dude. We that's like, I guess it's on us. Right? We were we kind of we were nonchalantly trying to win this table the whole entire time. You know, it was more like, yeah, we just do this, dude. We were coming up with some great like switcheroos on the on the double bo- uh, bounce shit and stuff. Ooh, it was ooh. well. We had a couple that were well in the was it the fifth game that we won. Like, we had that big double bounce balls back. Mm. That that kind of helped us propel yeah, us there. Yeah, that was nice, dude. Uh, and, then we, and then we choked the fit, the last game. But yeah. it was a fun day. It was a fun day. A little bit of a sports breakdown there of our beer pong journeys. That's woot, woot. F- never going to happen again on this podcast. <laughs> I promise you that. I'm sorry. But it was a pretty exhilarating experience for, like, the hour we were there. So Speaking of exhilarating, Ooh. we had... A wild fucking MLB trade deadline. Yeah, it was. Uh, Wild in good ways. Wild in horrific, life-altering ways. And wild in weird ways. Uh, Like, why? Odd. Strange. Perplexing, maybe you would even say. I want to lead this off, okay? Okay, where are we leading it off with? Well, we talked Dan Vogelbach because we've already done that because he's our king, prince, and general. I don't yeah. know all three at once. Um, I will. What What do you think we go to next? Well, well. Remember, you cut me off last week with Luis Castillo. I wanted to talk a little Luis Castillo, and you're like, save it for next week, save it for next week, yeah. save it for okay. next week. Start off with uh, Castillo. Then I really, I really wish that we got, we had a little time to talk Mariners baseball with our good friend Gianna that you're going to hear later. But 
we didn't get to. I really think that move could be quite. Depending on the signing, if he does anything after, like that could be franchise changing in a way. If they get a guy who can be dominant in the role of that number two, number three start, they have Robbie Ray. I mean, they have an AL Cy Young winner already there. We we forget that they've now added Luis Castillo into that, and the Mariners seem to be around for the long haul here. Mariners are making the playoffs, man. I said that earlier this uh, this season you know in a couple podcasts ago i'm really feeling the fucking seattle Mariners. and julio rodriguez has that new ronald acuna hype that juan soto hype which we'll get to later on you know but that young up-and-comer bryce harper mike trout whatever it is he's the new wave of it now which is kind of crazy because we get a new wave of this literally every other season it feels like shit and maybe it fizzles out you don't know but julio rodriguez sure looks like he's here to stay in the mlb right now too i love the signing for the mariners and I kind of am rooting for them because they're at the longest drought ever. Or not ever, sorry. Uh, currently in the MLB. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, they've never won a World Series. So I would be – I'm okay with teams never winning a World Series. Big sigh. That have – that can then win a World Series. You know what I mean? Like they can – okay, if that team wins it, sure. I'll watch a first team's World Series all day. So uh, let's – Let's get into these trades. I got fansighted.com. Uh, they gave uh, pretty much everything with some accompanying grades for most of them. Uh, we talked about Dan Vogelbach getting traded from the Pirates. Which is cash. an A-plus trade for the Mets right now at this uh, point. Yes. He's uh, just fucking ripping the cover and off And the, the Pirates ball. got nothing. I can't even believe the First Pirates. career home run as a Met was a grand slam. Ayo. Yeah, Dan. Dan's a fucking beast. Uh Let's get into did we, was Ben Intendi last week? No, I don't think we got into well, he might have been, but I don't think we got into it. Yeah. So we can talk a little Andrew Benintendi. Yeah, Andrew Benintendi uh, got swapped uh, for, to the Yankees for a couple of prospects. I, I, we don't need to grade the prospects. Let's just talk about the big pieces, you know, in these deals. So Ben Intendi was a guy that some people wanted in Milwaukee. Um, to be honest, he does fit New York really well yeah well he's the new brett gardner exactly and you know left field is bigger in yankee stadium so it it, the way that it has to be covered at least so it's kind of like you're putting a center fielder in left field that's why brett gardner played left field for so long in yankee stadium it's going to work perfectly with the same thing with ben attendee he's a left fielder that can kind of play center field in that way and he just got to get on base I mean, he doesn't have to do anything else. He's got, you know, you got Stanton, you got Rizzo, you got Judge all batting behind you. He's probably going to lead off that lineup now or bat second, maybe somewhere around there. And he's going to be the guy scoring runs. If he would have fucking been there from the beginning of the season, he might have scored 150 runs this season. That guy in that lineup, for how often he gets on base with the firepower that he would be behind or in front of yeah 150 aaron runs judge, aaron judge um, stanton and rizzo yeah joey cal oh oh yeah that's another one <laughs> we'll, that's another we'll one to, we'll get to that we'll get to that and i'm saving the big the, the i think ben attendee fits really well in new york i would not have wanted him in milwaukee that's how i feel about him i think the trade oh. is a very good one for yeah new york. And, and they they gave him uh he's B-minus. not gonna he's not gonna oh, sorry, hit a no. lot of home runs 
I think uh, he they, has. They gave that a B minus for the the Yankees. He's got about as many home runs as Christian Yelich this year, and maybe less. And the Royals got a B for their prospect callback. Good so, for them. I mean, it, Good it for them. It seems like a win win for the most part. I, I mean, to be fair, we know nothing about prospects other than the Brewers ones. Like I like I said, yeah. I'm not going to so, worry about the other Jackson ones. Churio, fucking beast. Uh, next up, the Astros got fucking Trey Mancini yes. and a pitcher. Uh, from the Orioles and the Rays. Mm-hmm. So it was a three-way. Nice. Um, fuck, dude. That's sneaky. Dude, this lineup is stacked. I mean, we forget the Astros have been in the ALCS like five years in a row now, and they've been in the World Series two or three of those times as well. You know, obviously we have all this research in front of us now that we're looking up. But Trey Mancini really completes this team. I mean, look at this team from on paper – with Mancini, Altuve, Pena, Bregman in their infield. I mean, that's a pretty complete team. You know, mix that in now with Kyle Tuckle and Kyle Tuckle, Kyle Tucker and <laughs> Jordan Alvarez. This team is just absolutely stacked and Verlander keeps being Verlander. They have pitching Verlander? up the ass with Valdez and I just saw I just saw a stat from the other or like so yeah, like number comparisons. Verlander is pitching better than his like 2012 Cy Young year. Well, and he won the MVP that year, I think too. Fuck me. He's he's a beast, man. He's a beast. It's and I love seeing it. It's better when pitchers are good in baseball too. I I agree with it. You need the mix. Uh, I think this is a great move for the Astros. And you know me, I was a big wave of Brewers should get Trey Mancini, so I'm hoping this doesn't look like it fucks us. <laughs> well, and it already does look yeah, like it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Yankees weren't done making moves. No. They also got Frankie Montas as well from uh, the Athletics, along with Lou Trevino, who, I mean, that's – that's not like a reputable a name. Thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he goes to the the bullpen and all that, but it's someone of note. Yeah, for uh, uh, four different prospects. Well, and Montas was probably one of the best pitching options you were going to get. Probably second behind Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo. Yeah, one of those two. And you know what? It's probably pick your poison on those. Some people probably think Montas was better than Castillo, and I could totally see it. The stuff aspect probably leans towards Castillo. But Montas really is able to get the job done when he's really in his zone. And he's got such a terrible shit situation around him with Oakland, obviously. Uh, well, or Vegas in the future, probably. I should start correcting myself now so I can get ahead of that wave before everyone else is behind on it. Uh, but I think Frankie Montas... I mean, the, the rich just get richer with the Yankees, right? I mean, this team yeah. is... They have to be the favorite to win the World Series, and they were I, I get it they were slow in the time after the all-star break and they haven't looked like the unstoppable force that we saw in the first part of the season but man if that team's healthy who the hell is beating them uh there is a another team that we will get to okay. that i'm sure is rivaling them. sure sure uh all right next up trade within the division Cardinals were needing some pitching help. They went out and got Jose Quintana yeah. from the Pirates. Um, I, I'm going to say right now, first, mm-hmm. Jose Quintana, brewer killer. Well, I w- you didn't let me. Oh, I had a good joke. Oh. I did. 
it was going to be that he's going to have a 7.29 ERA, but it's going to be .29 against the Brewers for the rest of the season. Yeah. Like, 100%. Dude, yeah. he always slays the Brewers. I mean, he's going to have an ERA that's in the fives that would be in the sevens if it wasn't for the fucking Brewers. Um, he just kills the Brewers. I love Jose Quintana. He was uh, a White Sox guy, man. Was. When I he was on the him. White Sox, he was kind of a, he was kind of a dog. Uh, yeah, Cardinals actually got an A from fan side. I completely understand. They only gave up a couple of pitching prospects uh, to the Pirates. I mean, God, that seems like a steal. You know, there was a whole narrative that the Cardinals didn't have pitching. The Cardinals didn't have pitching. They got to go get pitching. Like, what the fuck do you mean they don't have pitching? They got they Wainwright. They don't have t- pitching. Bro, they got a couple of options that are going to be great in October if they sure. get there. You know what I mean? Sure. It's, they, and they absolutely went out and got it. I don't know if Quintana is really the option you wanted. They did He's... go out and get more. Uh, so I will give him credit we'll for that. that again about that later. But Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, I mean, they have uh, Hicks experimenting in the starting rotation, I think, too. I, I'm drawing blanks. I should have had some fucking research in front of me. Dude, the Cardinals are going to get the job done at the end of the season. You know they're always built for September, and if they get to October, you never know. They're one of those sneaky fucking teams, dude. I, I hate it. I, I hate the Cardinals when they get to that road, but you got to respect it. And I was super happy they didn't get the biggest ticket item on the market. Speaking of sneaky, I didn't even know this trade happened, but I like the pieces that swapped. Both uh, big talent, or I should say major talent. They've had big moments. Braves and Astros swapped a reliever and a starter. Braves got Jake Odorizzi, mm-hmm. and the Astros got Will Smith. Yeah. That, I didn't even know that happened. Well, and just to – I don't want to interrupt that trade, but to even – we saw that in a couple of examples because Jordan Montgomery is going to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader too. Yes. I mean, those are two big-name options that deal with those two. I, I think that's pretty uncommon in the MLB. I don't think you usually see that. I mean, you'll get – I guess the high-end prospects will get traded for the high-end talent, so that kind of is where yeah. you recognize names along the lines. But a lot of those World Series pieces are done with the guys you, you know, got to give up to get another guy. So yeah. I, I think that both of those, uh, Will Smith, I know he's kind of been on the downslope of his career, but uh, who's the guy you got traded for? Uh, Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi, yes. Uh, Brewers drafted him. He's a guy that always seems to be on a winning team. He was on those Astros teams forever, and... Uh, he he's he's sneaky. He could be a fifth starter. Come out the That's bullpen. What I'm I've heard, uh, look, n- neither one of these are blockbuster, but I I like that swap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, and it would not surprise me to see the Astros or the Braves go into the playoffs and have one of those guys be one of those like surprising X factors in at least one game. Well, and that's how I see the Jordan Montgomery Harrison Bader trade, to be honest too. Jordan Montgomery could come in and really shut down some innings in the NL. You never know. He's facing that AL East gauntlet. And now he comes over to the NL central. Dude, that's going to be a cakewalk for him. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit, dude, man. If you have a three ERA over in the AL East, you should have a negative ERA at some point in the NL central when you don't face the Cardinals or Brewers, at least. Uh, and then Harrison Bader, what? that's a guy that was kind of a – we thought he was going to be a cornerstone of the franchise in St. Louis when he was first coming up maybe. I mean, he was pretty that talented. Hair. Yeah, he did have great hair. I mean, he still does, yeah, to be fair. Uh, luckily, like a, a clean-shaven guy, so not going to have to worry about any Yankees penalties over there. Um, did we – is Andrew Benatendi's going to have to shave? 
Ooh, we didn't Ooh. talk about that. Oh, no. He's going to be ugly as fuck. That's going to be up. tough. Look it up. I bet you he's terrible. I just shaved it in. I am. Oof. Ugly All right. as fuck. All right. Uh, big one. Uh, the Twins got Jorge Lopez from the Orioles for four prospects. Uh, four pitching prospects. I mean, it's a lot for Jorge Lopez, but I really do like him. He's coming around. and Especially in that division that does not have a lot of competition. Well, on top of that, yeah, you have to pull away when you have yeah. this opportunity right now, too. Jorge Lopez has been shutting it down for Baltimore right now. It, Brewers drafted him. Did you know that? I did not know the Brewers drafted it Jorge like Lopez. The, it feels like the Brewers have touched every He uh, uh, He actually came up with the Brewers. Funny enough, I figured this out because of a video game uh, when I – had traded for him, and he had the picture preloaded because he was drafted for him, so they had that draft photo. But anyway, um, interestingly enough, yeah, I like the Jorge Lopez move. Four prospects, eh, okay, maybe a little much, but you got to pull away when you have this opportunity to make the playoffs in your Minnesota because you got an underwhelming AL Central division with Cleveland, like, an opportunity to pull away. Uh, Next up... This might not be the biggest of deals, but it's a big name. Joey Gallo got deported to yeah. uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. for nothing. Yeah, and I Clayton, think that for Clayton Beater, oh, God, you know what? I think Clayton Beater will have a better career from this point on than Joey Gallo. Maybe I, I might go out on a limb. I, that might be my article, fuck. Man. I should have made that my hot take today. That's been put out an article. The new baseballs killed Joey Gallo. The shift, man. Uh, you know what? It's not a bad take. Well, and on top, last year he combated it. He figured it out. He hit a lot of home runs. He struck out a lot, but he walked a lot. And that is the new baseball, to be fair. Home run, walk, strikeout. It's just he literally is home run, walk, strikeout. And he doesn't hit the ball that much. So it's when you don't walk a lot in that formula and you're not hitting the ball a lot, you look pretty terrible. And I don't know what he's been doing in L.A. right now. I, I don't have that up in front of me, but I, I didn't want to touch him with any foot pull. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, the the breath spacing was any foot pull, mm-hmm. not any foot pull. Any foot pull <laughs> with an any foot pull. Uh, Mets got Darren Ruff. Uh, from the Giants for a couple prospects. You can talk sneaky. I like this one, too, for them, yeah, too. Yeah. I, I mean, that's another move. It's kind of weird. Dude, I'm – Dave, I'm really wondering if we might see, like, a Dan Vogelbach in left field this year. Let's go. I I, I think – no I mean, way. dude, they're, they all play first base, why these guys. Be, why wouldn't it be I mean, Pete Alonzo or something like that? I'm just saying, like, we might, in a in a blowout scenario. Sure. You know what I mean? They're like, fuck it. Just send Dan and yeah, left. So We're down eight. We're down eight. Like, we just need him to bat eventually. Send Hell's him and left. bells, dude. Like, I, I, it might happen. It might happen. And, oh, God, I want to be there for that day, but I don't know if I can predict that. Uh, I think Darren Ruff is going to fit in really nice. And it's going to be another option that they can have. The Mets can hit, dude. That's a gauntlet of a lineup just stacked from head to toe. All-star yeah, level talent. the NL Yankees. I mean, I yeah. mean, the Dodgers are that, I think. Again, different team we'll talk about later. Okay. Um, twins weren't done either with mm. the pitching. They got Tyler Ma- uh, Mal? Mal? Molly. Molly? Oh, 
Molly. Like Molly. Like Molly. Like Polly Pocket. Molly Wop. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Tyler Molly from the Reds, which I thought was a pretty decent move by them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Castillo was definitely the more enticing option from that team. And Tyler Molly, they, he just got more. Like, the Reds were selling. So sure. it was, oh, he's available and he's got some experience. They also got My, uh, Michael Fulmer from the Tigers, too. It's a big move as well. Fulmer was a big letdown. They definitely bolstered their pitching. They want to make some moves, and pitching wins in October for sure. Yeah. Uh, Whit Merrifield got traded from the Royals. Yeah, did you hear this story? I could have made this. Uh, Maybe I could have made this part of my quick hits, probably. <laughs> Just moving everything from you today. Well, Whit Merrifield, uh, he is not vaccinated. Oh, I did know. I do know that. Well, yeah, he yeah. is now. He just got vaccinated a couple days ago, I think. But when he was made for, when he was traded for, he was not vaccinated, and which is a big womp womp when you play in Canada yes. and you got to be vaccinated. So that was a weird move, and I was wondering. And so I wondered. I asked on Sunday lineup today, Joe, is that tampering? Like there had to be some tampering in there. Mm-hmm. Like who would trade for a guy that couldn't play the home games? Like they had to talk to him about something. I don't know. I don't know those rules. All right. Tell do me we, what tampering is in the comments if that fucking exists. Do we do we go with the biggest trade or do we go with the personal trade? I just want to say No, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. I'm going to insert a clip right here. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Okay, that was the Ron Burgundy clip of go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> so, we're going we're going Padres? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to start off with their sneaky move okay. and then go into the big dog. I think I know their sneaky move, and this was a very sneaky Brandon move. Brandon Drury? Just out of nowhere. For for just a shortstop? I mean, dude, that was... That's a good move. I was so mad when I found out that trade. Like, if that was what it took to get him, bro, I don't know if Cincinnati's trading in the division. I get it, okay? But, dude... That was so under the radar. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't even know if he was really available at the trade deadline, and the move was not really reported. Would be wonderful to get him in a Brewers. No shit. Womp womp. Uh, yeah, that was that was good. But the granddaddy of them all, Padres got Juan Soto and Josh Bell for Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams. Robert Hassel the third, James Wood, Jarlin Susanna, and Luke Voigt. Yeah, I mean, they gave up nothing. Well, to get Juan Soto for what another two, three years? Well, here's the thing: no matter what they traded, the prospect haul was never going to seem like enough. It really doesn't feel like a lot, though. Um, and. I think they got so. First of all, shout out Eric Haas. Oh, no, I'm gonna not. I'm gonna I'm gonna save that one for quick hits. Okay, but Luke Voigt moving obviously a late move, and didn't know that was gonna happen. I think that does improve the offer a little bit. I mean, it does make Voigt it look over. Uh, I guess Hosmer. Yes, for okay. sure, for sure. Now again, there was this was a lose situation for Washington. You are giving up another, yet another generational talent. You've had so many of them leave your city, your team, whatever. And now you got another one that's going to leave. And my favorite tweet I saw this whole week 
was from Toby Allitzer. Altizer, yeah. Yeah, uh, and he says that uh, I can't wait for Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and Robert Hassel to all be good so they can just fucking leave Washington. <laughs> and <laughs> it's true. You got to have no faith in that right now. Here's the thing, though. They just won a World Series, man. I guess I mean, in 2019, like, but the whole team's gone now. Yeah, I'll I'll get to my point with that eventually. Um, look, we we kind of heard they were making moves for Juan Soto. Okay, nice. But then to sneak in Josh Bell as well. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. I'm sorry, that Padres lineup is massive. Well, when Tatis comes back, it's going to be scary. That, that That is just a scary fucking lineup. And it's going to be like that for 15 years. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the part that gets me. Fucking Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis are going to be teammates for 15 fucking years. Well, okay, so how soon do you make a move to sign Juan Soto? Now. He's got like three years now. Left. Yeah. Now, if you can pay him now, why not now? I guess. I pay mean, him till the end of Tatis's contract, whatever that is. time. Just put him at the same time, Tatis and him. There, Juan Soto is two years older than me. Like that is just ridiculous. That's <laughs> insane. Uh, He's about. He just turned down four hundred million at twenty four. Four hundred and forty million. What a boss, dude! What a fucking boss, <laughs> Scott Boris, man! I want you on the podcast. I just want you to negotiate my life. We would have to pay millions of dollars to get him. I bet. I bet. Yeah, for uh, sure. But the whole reason why this trade got set up is because of of a different trade that went nowhere. The fucking Padres got goddamn Josh Hader. Okay, Dave. Dave. Proceed. For absolutely nothing. Okay, wait. Wait. Now, we do have to say this. We were full on in the camp of Trey Josh Hader. For what? For a bat. I said I would trade him for a bat. Yes. Or use him for prospects that you can trade for a bat. Now, hear me out. There were other moves that didn't go down. Apparently, that's what they're saying. Uh, Did you watch the Mark Anastasio clip I retweeted? Yeah, Atanasio got weird. Dude, that was a... I don't buy it. It was a really weird fucking interview. And I said that was was my caption of it, because I'm really too scared to comment too much on it. But I have my thoughts, and I just said, uh, that was just a weird interview. That's the weirdest interview. Put the interview in right here. Or at least some, some, like, clips. So, um, you know, it's interesting. My first many years here... Which I think has continued to this day. I've been, I was criticized that you know I stuck my nose in too much, and so now maybe I'd be criticized for not sticking my nose in enough because you know how I feel as a fan and how the fans feel to Josh Go versus guys who need to do their okay. job. Okay. Now, I'm gonna also have you put in a different clip, and that's going to be David Stearns talking about the deal. Because that got really weird, too. We believe that making decisions like this, regardless of how difficult they may be at that point in time, is really essential. Um, you know, Mark, his family, our ownership group, um, they, they are not interested in a prolonged rebuild ever. 
Um, our fan base is not interested in a prolonged rebuild ever. Um, in order to avoid those prolonged down cycles, uh, we believe occasionally making a very difficult decision like this um, is needed. And, and that's why we made the move today. If you were listening to that, David Stearns never talks about what he wanted. He always refers to everything that Mark and the family was looking at. The family and Mark and the fans don't want us to miss the playoffs. They want us in the playoffs every year. He never mentions himself. Atanasio seemed like he was bullshitting. You know, he flipped. he's flipped the Brewers like a billion dollars. He bought them for $220 million. Yeah. I mean, fucking done a great job for the sure. team right now. And I watched that video of him, and I think, dude, run your damn team then. Like, why would you – That I don't think – let's say you're calling bullshit on it, okay? Why do you want that view of yourself? No, that makes you look really rough, man. I did not think that was a good look for him at all. He looked pretty weak in the situation, and I'm going to say this. I am okay with the Josh Hader deal still. I am. I really am. And the thing is, I, I get it. We have Josh for a year and a half, but I don't think if we get no moves done anyway that we're a World Series contending team. I really don't. Okay. And I think that the moves to get Estri Perez, were per that I like him. Estri uh, Ruiz is a or Ruiz, sorry. He's been doing some decent stuff with the sound. Um, sure. And I think the weird one is Denilson Lamette. And then the decision to DFA him immediately. After surgery. That looked really weird. That looked really weird on the Brewers' part. Like, why even get him in the deal? What's the point of that? Um, yeah, so, you were excited for him. Well, and then, of course, the fucking next day, they DFA Pedro Severino with him, and then Omar Narvaez gets hurt that night. Like, the day they need a third catcher. Like, God damn it, dude. Like, you could have just done something good for the last three months after you were on a PD Trevor suspension. Trevor Rosenthal. They also made that signing, which Ooh. wasn't a trade. It was a signing. Yeah, that was weird. Which is really fucking weird because they could have got him for next to nothing. But no, no, they waited... Uh, you know, to to bring him in and spend a you know extra fucking money, Matt Bush, holy fuck! Yeah, and he can't find the strike zone to save his life. Yeah, I thought that actually was going to be a decent yeah. bolster. Yeah. I was dead wrong. I'm not Taylor Rogers. You know what's been really good? Jake McGee. I'm not a I'm not yeah. a hater of Jake McGee on the team. I kind of think he's all right. I don't think he should be pitching the eighth or the ninth. Don't get me wrong, but throw him in in this. You know, he should be Brent Suter. Whatever fucking Brent Suter pitches, throw Jake McGee there now. You know I'm what this cool team with that. needs more than anything is Casey McGee. Just some type of bullshit hitter. I can't <laughs> believe they couldn't get a bat, bro. And I don't... You know I what? But here's that. the problem. Here's the problem, though. It's probably the best they're hitting all fucking season is right now, too. Yeah. They are killing the baseball right now. But, it's not been the problem at all. But trading Josh Hader fucked that bullpen up mentally. They are so mentally distraught specifically our guy Devin Williams no one was really ready to step up it felt like uh Josh really did seem to be the commanding leader of I, that bullpen I don't think anyone was braced for this no and it caught a lot of them off guard for sure and which makes me wonder why wouldn't you at least either continue to hold him and trade him during the off season when now now there are many teams 
uh, bidding for his services, you could probably get more from it. Look at dudes like Aroldis Chapman. You, you remember who he got traded for? No. Uh, their top prospect, Aloy Jimenez. Oof. Right? I believe so. I think that sounds right now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So, remember that? <sighs> you know, here's the thing. No, it wasn't. It was the other guy, wasn't it? Yoan Mancada? No. Um, uh, b- 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 shit. I got it. I'm Luis Robert. It I don't know who you're talking who, 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 who is this conversation between? What two teams? Uh, it would be the Cubs and the Yankees. For Roldis Chapman. Yeah. Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Give me a second. I didn't know the teams. I yeah, was yeah. not paying attention. But it was. It was for Glaber Torres. Yeah, was I was all over that. number one prospect in baseball. Yeah, I now, mean. you know, say what you want about Glaber's, you know, sense. But, dude, come on. They got, the best they got was the number seven prospect in the fucking Padre system. So, now, here's the thing. The Brewers do have a pretty cool farm system right now. And I and I'm not I, I get it. I get it. We want to win now. I get it. We want to win now. You be a realistic franchise. This team was not ready for a World Series. No. And they and maybe they were it. with a bat. Maybe they were. You maybe. could have did it next year. There were two routes to this team. It was go get a bat and plan for now or you know, get rid of Josh and get what you can and then see what happens with this team and then plan for the future more. I'm I, I get it. The team is not ready to win the World Series what it was right now, and one bat is a gamble at best. Okay, how about this then? And the best bat that it seemed to be viable was going to take away another one of our really productive bats at first base. How about this then? How about David Stearns coming out saying he didn't even bother to reach out to anyone once that offer was made? I don't know, man. I, the team seemed very fucking out of tune. That's all. I, that's what. The, that's a very good summary of the Brewers for this trade deadline. Seemed out of tune. Just did not seem like they were on the same wave at all yeah. for this. And I don't know if we've been rambling about it, but we definitely have. I I, uh, I I think that this this brewer. I'm I'm done talking Brewers. I'm I'm done. So we'll 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 get to the. Is there any more trades we got to talk? No, that's about it. Okay, well, th- this is a great time, I think, then to head into our interview. I think potatoes. This, yes, Gianna Seflu joins down the wire. Uh, it was a great interview. We yeah. we love talking with Gianna, and Gianna loves talking with us. That's yeah. for sure. So yeah, she's ready to vandalize this program uh i we did drop a couple of puns on her Sorry, i think she, throughout she this. covers the idaho vandals people. and washington state cougars cougars remember we talked with her when she was at the pac-12 we asked her a little bit about that more about football as well let's just get into the interview our guest of honor today gianna cephalu joining the pod today on down the wire gianna Based in Idaho, but previously on before in other locations, our only female guest we've ever had on Down the Wire. And now moving into fourth, third for most appearances, fourth, fourth. fourth. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Actually, fifth. Fifth, because fifth. class. Yeah, uh, yeah, you are fifth in appearances. No, you are not first, unfortunately. I'm, I'm in first place because I've never missed an episode. Uh, Dave, Dave has missed one episode. Only one. So he's in second place. I have good reason. For the most appearances. Yeah, he was with his daughter. Okay, that's like kind of good. We'll, we'll, the jury's out on that. Yeah. And uh, Joe is probably in third. And then Chris Platt. Oh, yeah. It's it's either Joe or Platt. It's one of the two. Yeah. And they've definitely got at least three, both of them. Yeah, yeah. So you're in fifth. But I don't think anyone else has two that hasn't come on at least three times. You're number one in the female ranking. Yeah, by far. By there far. we go. I mean, you did say it was the only one. So... I'm in competition with myself, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll have, to, we'll have to find some competition. I don't think there's really much that we have going for us so far no. other than this. So <laughs> we appreciate you coming out. We love having you on. And you got a new job, right? You got some new stuff going on. What's going I, on now with you, Gianna? Last time we talked to you, you were working at the Pac-12. That is no longer the case, huh? That is very correct. Yeah, no longer the case. So, um, I technically, it's funny, my Pac-12 internship was actually supposed to last until like August, so now, like mid-August, but I actually left a couple months early with the permission of the, of the Pac-12, um, and I'm actually in Lewiston, Idaho, um, working for KLEW-TV as the sports director, reporter, and anchor, so um, everything. Yeah everything like i literally am a not only am i like a one woman band but i am a one person department as well which is very unique i think given the situation of being in a starters market um where you do make your own content and you're kind of your own boss in a sense a little bit um but it's been awesome there's been a lot of good a lot of crazy some tough times um 
but it's been really fun because I've been getting to talk about sports every single day and every single day is different, which is so awesome. Um, the content I produce is different. Um, the types of stories, you know, um, the amount of practices that I get to go to. I was just at fall camp for Washington State in Idaho, um, was just there for that. So that's been really fun. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the learning experience for me so far. I'm about six weeks into the job now. So um, definitely got like the basic training like under my belt and have had to learn a lot um, in a very short amount of time because I only really had a week of training. And then after that, I was kind of on my own and you know thrown to the wolves it's pretty much like thrown into the fire um but i'm glad that i i picked it up relatively quick and um that i try to work quick because i mean the job too is obviously you're on really really tight deadline um where you get it up like same day or the next day just kind of depends uh, but yeah it's it's been it's been insane but very um very rewarding in a sense too when when people like the community, the community stories and the content that you put out there, I've gotten some really nice, like positive, good comments and feedback so far. So that's been really, that's been And a really lot of negative, I'm sure too. Um, so actually I'm kind of trying to brace myself a little bit for the negative, the negative. I haven't really gotten negative so far. Um, I think a really big reason too is, um, this community is very like Facebook heavy. So they're not really necessarily a lot on Twitter or Instagram. A lot of the criticism, so to speak, is people will email the station. Um, mm. <laughs> just like older people. Who a nicely it. worded email that really yeah. will piss I, people off. Yeah. You're just <laughs> getting the iPad Gen 2. Yes. <laughs> There's definitely been like emails towards the station, but there has never been an email, knock on wood, towards me specifically it's more of mm. just like news content or why wasn't this covered or kaylee w is like clueless because the locals call it clue so people can say like clueless you know they can like Ooh. say that those yeah, types k-l-e-w you can I dig it clueless yeah. well okay. I, okay. I hate to break it to you i'm having a gut feeling that you're gonna get some type of email from like two guys that are just <laughs> scathing about your work <laughs> it might not even be anything specific but it's like a 414 area code ugh. email fucking yeah wild. yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean i so the guy before me um i talked to him quite a bit just about the job and what to expect and stuff like that and he did tell me you will get emails um regarding like high school football of the only like Real criticism from my understanding that he got was like, why isn't this covered? You know, stuff like that. And since I'm technically still in the summer, you know, fall sports are not obviously in full swing yet. And that's going to be by far the busiest time of year for me because I have to produce like a, a pregame show for game. Football, baby. Woo. Football yeah. is like huge here in the Valley. And then there's an, another like sponsored segment called like prep prep athlete of the week that airs every week um and then like friday night like lights and um getting to do like high school football highlights it's gonna you know it's definitely i think that's something that i need to kind of like mentally brace myself for um because it's actually a very unique situation so our newsroom is tiny it is me my boss who's the news director another sport or not sports guy a news guy and um, the weatherman, and that's it. There's 
four of us in the newsroom that produces our shows every single day. <laughs> um, and then there's like two people in the production room behind the scenes that are kind of like the stage directors. Um, and, and so we're like even more short staffed than last year. So the guy before me at least had like two or three dudes helping him with high school football and getting those highlights. But this year it's only going to be me and maybe, maybe the news guy, depending on his working out situation with his hours. So it's going to be a challenge for sure, because I will only get to probably maybe two, maybe three, if I'm lucky, but two games versus, you know, the six to eight games that he covered and he still got emails complaining. So, you know, it's going to be hard because I have to, I'll have to really, really dumb it down and keep it pretty local because I, I can't be driving. We know how dumb Idaho people are. What's that? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I was saying, because you know how dumb Idaho people are. Oh, <laughs> no, I just, I think people, I, I honestly, I mean, on that topic, I think a lot of people don't really understand that I do everything, like everything that you see on the TV, the script, what I'm saying, the graphics behind me, the exact show rundowns, the videos, the packages, right? The two minute stories that could take hours to put together. Um, the highlights, like all of it is me. And I think there are a lot of people probably out there that literally think I show up to the station with full face of makeup and a cute outfit and try to look pretty and talk about sports. It's, I mean, I wish, but it's, that's the fun part. I mean, that's the fun part is delivering and seeing kind of the work come to life. But, um, but yeah, it's people, people are like shocked when they see that. And then I, you know, I carry my, not physically carry anymore. I have like a wheelie thing that I can wheel the equipment because it's just too heavy for me. And I kind of have a hard time with it, but people, people do help me. Like they see me, you know, at shoots or they, they kind of look at me, I think, and feel bad for me a little bit. They're just like, can we help you? Like, let me help. I've had random people come up to me and help me carry my stuff or student athletes or coaches that demand the athletes help me carry stuff. You know what I mean? So it, that's, that's kind of nice. I, I kind of have that in my back pocket. People, people are willing to help here and they're, they're really nice. Um, but yeah, it's been quite the, quite the journey so far. That's for awesome. sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations, first and foremost, yeah. have to say that. So it sounds to me like you're doing a lot of high school, college stuff. Uh, are Is there any sort of professional work that you're, uh, professional teams rather that you're covering? I, I mean, you're pretty close to Washington. So, you know, Seattle teams, it's still even kind of close to Colorado. You probably get some Denver Bronco or coverage or whatever. But uh, well, what are you covering professionally? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, in the summer, you do kind of have that opportunity to cover professional sports, right? So um, Seattle is like the closest city, um, technically to us. And a lot of people around here, I found are like huge Mariner fans, um, really big into the Seahawks, which is like my rival team because I'm a Niners fan. So I'm like, ew, no, but I mean, I'm a reporter and my job is obviously to remain objective and not unbiased, unbiased. Gianna, unbiased <laughs> opinions. So, um, so yeah, so actually a lot of, um, a lot of my content, especially in the beginning, um, was doing like Mariners highlights. So I can download the footage from the Mariners or on our like CNN news pass or CBS and download it. And, um, I get to like, 
really create my highlights, like write the script to the video and doing highlights. I mean, this is the first time I've, I've done them. Um, so it definitely has taken some practice for me to get used to it, but I think I've definitely come a long way since the very beginning to now doing highlights for the Mariners. It's, I've gotten a lot better. And even if it is repetitive, like it honestly is used for my own practice for when I have to do, you know, high school football highlights. Um, so that's definitely helped. So yes, Mariners, um, I actually did a Seattle Seahawks story, um, when, their first day of like the mini camp. Um, it was actually the day of the breaking news of DK Metcalf's extension. So I actually, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of nice that I get to actually have the opportunity to pre-record my sports segments because it's at the end of every show, and then they have a separate little like lead-in thing um, after a commercial. So nobody would ever know that it's pre-recorded. People probably think it's like me totally live doing it. Um, but yeah, I, I actually like pre-recorded that segment and then actually ran back to my desk and rewrote the script a little bit about the DK Metcalf situation and the breaking news regarding the extension and then wrote it, put on lip gloss again, and then ran back and recorded <laughs> it right before the show. You know, it's just kind of like that, that kind of stuff is like really fun to do. Like that was kind of my first time technically doing like breaking news, I guess. Um, so yeah, so Seahawks, I did, I've done a little bit with like the Kraken, Seattle Kraken, like they oh, signed. Oh yeah, Kraken. day one fan. We're Kraken's here. here. Seattle you Kraken know too. I mean, I, I, I wasn't a hockey fan, so I developed fandom for the Seattle Kraken because it was their first year yeah. ever being a hockey team. Yeah, so it's it, going to be my first year being a hockey fan. Yeah, they're totally like brand new. So just like little stories like that. Tomorrow, I think I'm going to do, I was actually this earlier this morning, kind of like thinking ahead of my sports cast for tomorrow on what to cover. Um, and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about um, Sue Bird of the Seattle Storm WNBA team because it is her last season. Um, and she is 41 years old and she's just an absolute legend and yep. just crazy. She up with her, you know, her last year. So I really try my best to, to cover everything, to diversify my sports shows as much as I can. That was like some feedback that my boss gave me. It's just to, just to mix it up. So I, I do my best. Like tomorrow I'll talk about motorsports, our little league team that is on ESPN that made it to the regional final and then the WNBA. So yes, that's a good question. I, I try to do my best to definitely cover the professional sports because people like to see that, you know, they're big, they're big Seattle people here. So they're, I think it's, we're about five hours away from Seattle. So um, like drive, but plane ride is probably like an hour, maybe a little so less than that. Gianna, I, I want to get you on for a couple reasons. One, I, I love talking with you. You know, we always butt heads, but in a great way because we, 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 we can understand sport in a different way than most people can and just have a conversation about it. Uh, I want to talk about your, um, your Pac-12 a little bit. Yeah, okay? sure. And I want to talk about this imploding of the Pac-12 that we've seen. Yeah. It's going to be and gone in like, Four years. And, you know, the Conference of Champions, as you would deem it, maybe, or something like that. Um, yeah, is, that was like six months ago. Is currently <laughs> is currently like facing a lot of turmoil, and they are disbanding, it looks like. And Utah remains in the Pac-12. Why don't you give your per Pac-12 perspective on what's happening in the Pac-12? And, and predict the future. I would get, yeah, I also would like to say if the Big 12 – is if the Utah Utes are going to leave, where are they going? Which conference do you think Utah leaves for? 
Okay, well, so there's a lot to unpack here. Um, first off, I will start by saying, um, so the big, obviously the big imploding news that Tommy's talking about, for those who don't know, um, the UCLA and USC announced that they are leaving the Pac-12 to go to the Big Ten in 2020. Come, come, now, yes, the new conference of champions. Completely bombshell from my perspective, because I worked at the Pac-12 Networks, like you said, Tommy, um, for 10 months. So if anything, I would maybe have an idea or sense of what behind the scenes, maybe there was something brewing or, or school, schools talking about leaving. But honestly, it was a shock to me. And from what it seems like at the Pac-12 regarding the statement that they put out, it was a shock to them as well. Nobody, literally nobody like saw that coming. Um, and I know there's obviously like people that are high, high up that make those decisions. So it's not necessarily the student athletes and the coaches that just packed up the stuff and said, Hey, like I'm leaving, you know, um, I definitely have my own thoughts about it. I think, I think George Klyovkov, the commissioner, um, really said it best, um, at media day is like, there's a lot changing and going on in college sports. And he was not afraid to call out like, Hey, to be honest, we are disappointed. These LA schools are leaving for the big 10 conference. I think there's a lot logistically that's challenging about it. I don't think it bodes well for the student athletes. I, I really don't think no. they have best interest in mind because if you think about it at the end of the day their main goal was you know nil deals money probably more exposure um for these two schools and you know they kind of completely disregard well what about all the fall olympic sports what about the sports that play in the spring like they have completely different schedules than football that travel to these schools once a week right like they they go on a plane they play and then they come back so and not to mention like the shock of like the weather too like those they, those kids live in los angeles they don't know like midwest weather like they would probably be a little bit whoa like what's going on like yeah they're they're in for a culture shock to say yeah. the least Utah, colorado like they obviously have cold weather but like I definitely think Midwest is like another level of cold. So I think just like that, um, those factors in, you know, a lot of people from what the commissioner said, a lot of people specifically within UCLA are very, very disappointed um, about this news. And even our governor, uh, the governor of California, like called them out on it and just completely disagreed um, with the decision. Is that, uh, is that Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't it's uh it's gavin something gavin, i know this yeah, guy. Gavin, gavin schwarzenegger yeah so um yeah i mean i think there's a lot of you know feedback obviously um and it's just yeah it, it's just kind of a bummer it's a shame and it's it honestly was very weird timing because actually the day that the news broke on june 30th the day i'll, I'll never forget um i was still in my i was what day three or four on the job okay and my boss said you know what, Gianna, like, I think you should go live tomorrow. This was the day before the Pac-12 chaos happened. I think you're ready. And I was like, okay, like, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> like, I was at a shoot at a baseball field for one of my feature stories that I, that aired, like, that next week. I was on a shoot for an interview, and then, lo and behold, my phone was, like, blowing up, actually from the Saints group chat, regarding the news. And I was like, holy shit. So then I ran back to the station, like learned as much as I could about it, like what happened, why it happened. I think a lot of it too has to deal with the Pac-12 media rights. 
deal that um, is ex set to expire in 2024, so they don't have any financial, um, you know, responsibility necessarily. Like if they leave, they can buy peace out. We're done. We don't know you anything. Um, so there's been a lot of moving parts, especially with the Pac-12. I mean, when I was there, and I think this whole chaos of realignment um, makes it a, a hell of a lot worse. I it it just sucks. Um, but again, it was a crazy day for me because I was the one to break the Pac-12 news um, on KLEW. And it was appropriate because Washington, we have Washington State 45 minutes up the road that play in the Pac-12. So it would obviously affect them too. So it was kind of cool that I got to talk about it. Um, obviously, you know, I had to remain objective. I don't, I don't think anybody would look at that broadcast and be like, oh, she worked at the Pac-12 network. Like, she's biased. Like, no, I kept it very, you know, here's, here are the facts. Here's what happened. Um, just, just so, so, so crazy. Like, what are the odds? Like, I'm, I guess I'm glad I left when I did, right? Like I left early and to take this job and holy shit, it was just, it was just insane. So it'll be interesting. To yeah. See I, I wonder what that would have done for your position at the PAC 12 right. with mm -hmm. realigning the conference. If you would have knew maybe even a week before we would have known or something like yeah. that, cause yeah. it all happened very quick to the public. Very it was, it was pretty yeah. much within a couple hours it Out felt like yeah. we yeah, heard that shock. they were talking and then boom they're in the big 10 it was it was a shock for sure and it what was crazy about it too is um so pactual media day was um end of july like july 29th i want to say that friday um so you know this the media day is like a month after this crazy chaos and news and then there was obviously reports like you mentioned about maybe like five or six different schools are targeting the big 12 and, and, and George, you know, he was very quick to shut that down of like, no, our 10 remaining schools are here to stay and we are united, whether that's true or not, you know, we don't know, like he could just be saying that just to say it, just to save face a little bit. But, um, I Oregon's been talking to a lot of other, uh, divisions, a lot of other conferences, I mean, yeah. Oregon's been the hot ticket item for quite some time. Well, Oregon and Washington are obviously two really big brand names, right, within the Pac-12. Like, USC is obviously a big one, too. I think Utah is climbing up the ranks a little bit, too, with their dominance of, of football in the last few years. And they're projected to get even better this year, which is just so – it's scary to think. And they were picked to, to win the conference again, despite – Oregon um, and their firepower. They got the new Georgia uh, defensive coordinator coach from there. So he had, he has SEC experience. And then you obviously have Lincoln Riley with USC. So um, that just came from Oklahoma and he has Caleb Williams joining him. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't wait to see him in the big 10. <laughs> but to go back to your point of like <laughs> expansion, I think, I think it would make sense to target some like San, a, a team like a San Diego state just to have maybe like Los Angeles. But, but does help. that really help the big, the pac 12, you know, I almost called them well, the big 12 I think, because I was I thinking, think do you, do you think it helps for them to expand or, I mean, at this point there, it feels like they're going to lose a lot of their top talent. Well, uh, I don't see, I don't know. They, so it's, it's funny. So um, when I first, uh, started like last August, they were very adamant. This is obviously way before the USC UCLA madness happened. Right. So they were like, we're, you, you know, all united, we are not pursuing expansion opportunities. And then 
you know, immediately when this hit, they said, okay, we're exploring expansion. George hasn't really um, talked about it in detail who they're talking about, like expansion wise. He's got, <laughs> understandably, a lot on his plate and even behind the scenes stuff that people don't know that is like going on in the Pac-12 that I got to kind of experience. We had like, we had like literally two hour all staff meeting calls, not even kidding. And I think maybe even more of the chaos now that's happening, maybe it's going longer. I, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy situation right now and college sports are just changing at a very rapid pace. Um, but I think it would make sense to maybe add like a San Diego state because they actually are technically considered um, a part of the Pac-12 in soccer. Um, I don't know if people realize that, oh, but that's something okay. that I learned when I was um, there. So men's soccer, they do compete with the Pac-12. And um, actually, San Diego State did beat Utah last year. Uh, if people don't recall. I mean, this was both well, congrats. Like... This was pre-Cam Rising, though, to be fair. But, I mean, they, still, uh, they can Cam still Rising. hang with – my point is they can still hang with, like, Pac-12 competition – um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see like whether they, how quickly they expand, if they expand at all, if they just kind of decide to keep it to the PAC 10, maybe, I don't know, who knows what if like UCLA decides to come back, like George was saying, we welcome UCLA back. Um, cause there was more pushback with UCLA than I think with USC, um, because USC is USC. They, they want all the money and the star power and everything like that um especially with like lincoln riley they're kind of restarting. well and ucla is the public school you know what i mean that's kind of like california so it's it's really weird you don't get the midwest vibes when you talk beaches and palm trees you know what i mean yeah. so while i get it the conferences are not exactly geographically aligned right it no, kind of I mean, makes a little more sense to have it as yeah. close as possible i mean if you had going to the west coast coming I mean, UCLA is not going to have a flight that's not at least three and a half, four hours every single time they travel. You know what I, I mean? Know. It's a yeah. it's a beast to go to the West compared to going to the East yeah, it, when you're in the Midwest. It's not even so much for football, but once you get to those sports that are making constant back and forths, you know, well, the... Exactly, like basketball, for example, right? Yeah. Like, they play sometimes every two days, maybe every other day, kind of depending, like... You know, I just feel I, I, I feel for those athletes because they honestly didn't really have much of a say in it, if at all, you know, of of leaving to go to the, the Big Ten. Like, unfortunately, I think that Big Ten move was specifically targeted towards money and for football. There was really no other. It always yep. will. Duh. It always will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it's the sp that. to be honest, though, Gianna. It's yeah. the sport that pays for every other sport sure, pretty much sure. in a way, you know, so it is hard when yeah. you, you, you rely on that money and if you can make more money and it can provide more, I see it as like, holy shit, can Wisconsin get a baseball team again? Like, is this in play <laughs> right now? Because why, you know, if they're adding more teams into the conference, like why not? try to get Wisconsin back in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's what I see. It's kind of ridiculous. Wisconsin doesn't have a baseball team. That is crazy. Cause Pac right. It's such a big university to not have a baseball that's team. Insane. Cause Pac, I mean, to the point of baseball, like Pac 12 baseball is incredible. Like they have top notch talent. Like, I was a lot of the talent is from Wisconsin and the Midwest too. Well, <laughs> and I'm also now, when you think of this, like Gianna, I don't want to interrupt your point. If you're going to make this like UCLA and USC are going to kick ass in this big 10 baseball conference. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they could do very well. I mean, um, you know, the, the pack, and, and it'll be interesting to see baseball wise too, because UCLA is a very good baseball program. USC, um, last year, they, they've kind of been struggling a little bit, even though historically, they're incredible in baseball. They have the most titles in the history of NCAA. Um, for I would not have guessed that. Would you have guessed that, Dave? That's actually yeah. a stat I didn't know. They do. because yeah. yeah, I'm no terrible at the college stats. Yeah, I wouldn't Sorry. have that. <laughs> Interesting. But Interesting. that was part of my, my um, trivia in some of my sales meetings. We would do trivia. And so I did Pac-12 baseball and softball trivia. And I found that USC had the most titles um, ever won for baseball. Um, so it's just, it's crazy, but you know, obviously USC, they, they didn't even make the PAC 12 tournament. They had the eight out of the 11 teams go to Scottsdale, um, to compete in the tournament. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, those two schools are obviously, they're obviously huge in baseball, whether it's now, or if, if it was, you know, we're talking 30 years ago, but still two powerhouse programs that it, it'll be interesting to see how they do, um, you know, compared to the, the rest of the PAC 12 conference, which is really really solid and consistent top to bottom so um yeah i mean i have a lot more thoughts on it obviously but um but i think they handled you know packed will media day it's a little bit awkward right obviously with like the two usc ucla schools a lot of conversation a lot of media um questions were asked about it um and i think they handled it as best as they could they they took the high road in the situation and um tried to just focus on football as best as they could and the the coaches were were great um they were they tried to keep it you know like they answered questions but i mean some of the some of the media questions were like dude really like that's <laughs> I, why why do you ask that you know what i mean it's just like you're kind of trying to poke the bear when you're you know you're not going to get the answer you want because george is gonna take the high road and not discuss that so um so yeah, I mean, it, there was a lot of like, obviously transparency, not beating around the bush of like the obvious in the room, um, the elephant in the room, I guess you could say, but then there was also a lot of professionalism, um, especially with like Yogi and Ashley, who are my top two mentor, you know, some of my amazing mentors from the Pac-12 that are um, on air talent. They're like the face of the network. So um, they did a really great job and um, just trying to lighten the mood a little bit. Cause it's, it is not, that's not an easy, you know, topic obviously going into a media day um, where everybody is like talking about it and you try to your best to spin it in a, in a good way of, of a positive shit, shine some positive light on the Pac-12 that like, sure, yeah, there's, sure. There's a lot of really good, really good QB competition in the Pac-12 there. It's been, it's going to be really solid, I think this year and um, high hopes for sure. I mean, definitely schools hoping to be competitive. Um, CFP, I mean, I don't know. The CFP expansion doesn't look like talks are going anywhere for now. Um, George is uh, very much behind the scenes on that um, with the committee about expansion. Um, so that's kind of seems like a mess right now, but and all due respect, there's a lot going on. That's it's kind of a kind of a mess, <laughs> kind of a dumpster well, fire. But so speaking speaking of mess, speaking of QB competitions and quarterbacks, speaking of elephant in the room yeah this was a very good segue uh, gianna you did this perfect <laughs> you, you spun off in so many different ways so the, the one thing that i was really looking forward to asking you uh you about in, uh, in particular deshaun watson right this is such a problematic person 
And Tom and I just talked about it a little bit last week before the ruling that just came out. Six games is absolutely atrocious to me. I am disgusted yeah. by the NFL. Or I, I shouldn't say by the NFL. Well, they're because, they're trying to repair whatever yes, has been done. I'm yes. disgusted by the NFLPA that they think that's okay. I don't care if they still if they work for Deshaun, fuck them. Uh, I'm disgusted by Sue, whatever the hell her name was. Yeah, I don't that, remember. That was the adjudicator over it. But Gianna, I, I wanted want to get a woman's perspective from this Deshaun Watson debacle because it's just that it's it's a fucking travesty. It's uh, it, it's it, I'm so mad about it. I, I don't think you can understand how mad I am that he got six games. Well, and on top of it, like I I want to hear like. Um, from a fan too i mean you you're uh you're not just like a female off the street you're a female sports fan you're a female exactly. football fan and, and a uh, too. i do this for a yes, living now you, you do it yeah you are officially in the sports realm career like this is you know pretty a topic that i think that you could really give a great perspective on so like what do you think about it sure um so to be completely honest i haven't seen a whole lot of like i haven't read a ton of like the in-depth articles I've obviously I did get the notification about like the six game suspension on my phone and I, I followed the story enough to know like what's going on um yeah it's definitely it's frustrating I mean it's it's crazy because there were like what was it like 25 to 30 women at least that like came forward about it that's, and, like, a, that's it, the confirmed like case so number that we could see right? who knows how Here's many how other women suspected, right so yeah. Um, Here's how it breaks down, just to give you a little bit more detail. 25 yeah, women yeah. Uh, had filed charges against Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. He settled with 24 of them, mm -hmm. I will yeah. say. So one of them is still out there. Uh, the, the woman that looked over the cases only looked at five of those cases. Well, and not to mention, there was also a story that it was a span of about 13 months that he contacted 66 masseuses. Yes. Um, so that's like, that's the yeah. entire number in that realm. Uh, so I, you don't know what that, and you know what? I, I don't know. I wasn't there for any of this. I'm just saying this is what it looks like on our point of view. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that definitely, that, that definitely helps me. I know that there was like, it was like ballpark 25, 30 women that, that like spoke out about it and that were, my God, so brave enough to report because I think a, a lot of the times too, when when women report stuff like that, you either don't get really believed or it kind of just you kind of get ignored a little bit. Um, Especially against a celebrity. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he's a he's a huge name, right, in football, and he um, obviously pretty famous dude. So um, in the football community, at least. So um, yeah, I mean, I first off, I just want to like commend those brave women because it, it can be really, really tough. Um, I haven't like necessarily been in like an extreme situation, but I have been in like similar situations where you, you do feel uncomfortable and you, you kind of don't know what to do or you feel helpless or you, you have those, those emotions that can be really, really difficult to, to go through. Um, so I can, I can relate in that sense. Um, but I mean, yeah, just to only get six games, I, I, I think um, 
one of the reporters in at KLEW, like the news guy, he's also really into sports. So sometimes we talk about sports um, a little bit here and there. And he was just, he was also very visibly frustrated about the Deshaun ruling. And um, yeah, because because I, I believe there are, there are NFL guys out there that have gotten far severe more punishment, you know, of some of doing something that's like, maybe substantially like less traumatized. <laughs> Josh Gordon. <laughs> Josh Gordon. Yeah, that's the big one. But there's so many more. I mean, geez, man. I saw a video. I don't know where I saw it. I think maybe it was either on social media or on TV or something at the station um, that like there were fans just like all over him trying to get autographs and like still a pretty like pretty popular guy. I mean, it's just it's crazy. And then and then, you know, from going to the Texans to the Browns and like what the Browns kind of are getting themselves into, like, I'm sure they got a lot of heat for it too, like getting him. So there's a, it's a lot, it's a mess. I don't, it'll be really interesting to see though, after his six games, like serving that suspension, like how people will react. Will they boo him when they come out on the field? Will they cheer? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Cause yeah. they're, I mean, NFL football, my guess, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of women that, that watch the NFL, but from I've actually never fun fact I've actually never been to an NFL game before so I actually don't really know I I've been in college football games I've watched plenty of NFL games on TV um, but you know I would say it's the crowd is largely male mostly male um, so I don't know I safe be in- bet safe bet safe bet yeah so <laughs> I don't so so yeah I don't know like how the Cleveland fran- fans will like embrace him or if it's he's going to get cheers, booze. It might be a little bit of both. It might be swing more than the other, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough because I think it's a, it's a common theme that people who do this, do these types of things, especially somebody who is really high profile can get away with it a little bit more. Um, Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think that far ahead. I I never even got to that. Like what are the fans going to do when Deshaun gets back? You know, obviously we know what's going on right now, but Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that's going to be a really weird scenario in Cleveland. Like, are they supposed to boo? They damn near have to boo, it feels like, at this yeah, point. Well, if they don't also, boo, Cleveland's going to get a terrible rap, right? Yeah, so, and, and also, too, like, obviously with all of this going on, I'm sure, I'm sure it affects his psyche, you know? So it's going to be interesting to see how he also performs on the field, right? Given everything that's gone on in this offseason, like, mind you, we haven't seen him play in like over a year because he didn't play at all, you know, with the Texans last year. It was Davis Mills. Shout out Stanford, Pac-12. But um, but you not know, long, it's probably, it's going to be interesting so. to see like not only how the, how people within the NFL community embrace him, or you know how they re- will react once he steps back on the field, but also how he'll how he'll do. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, if you if you're just talking specifically like the news itself and the punishment. Um, yeah, it's, it's obviously not, you know, it's not easy to hear. Um, it's, and I'm sure like, I can't even imagine like what the women are feeling too, you know, um, how they feel like all of that for just six games. I mean, it's better than, I guess you can say it's better than nothing at all. Um, but still like six games, I think, well, the NFL, they extended their, their season. So that's not even like the majority of the games that he's missing. Right, right. Like, well, good news, 
the good news is the NFL is fighting it. Um, I yeah, I do. Is hope- there a scenario though where he gets zero games because no. they're fighting it? No chance. No, but no like chance. if they lose this appeal, no like there's no he's six game minimum. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, uh, but sure. Uh, if you're asking how Deshaun Watson is going to be, a uh, fun little tidbit. Do you know what else is happening in Cleveland this year? To either one of you, I don't care. I, I know the answer. Oh, well, the answer. August 24th through the 27th, it is the AMTA, uh, the American Massage Therapy Association National Convention. Yeah, very terrible timing. Yeah, very wow. terrible timing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I, I remember yeah. seeing that and just was like, no fucking way. I it wasn't even a Deshaun was post. Like an onion right article. Off. Oh, I, God. I didn't even know those no. conventions were a thing. So that's uh, I feel that's like you got to you gotta postpone it or like move it into another one. Something like that. Awesome. Well, um, Gianna, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Um, you're always fantastic. Great. Welcome to have on anytime. Uh, we're, I'm always looking up at the KLEW. You can always send me the stuff whenever you do. It's yeah, we, we got a clue. I feel like I, I, I'm like really self-conscious about this. I feel like I sometimes may or may not overdo it on social media because my boss tells me to like <laughs> tweet stuff. And I honestly don't use Twitter as much as like Instagram um but she was just like yeah tweet this out I had to like tweet out like I held like an axe after like Idaho Vandals football practice they literally had me take a picture with it it's like they give out (laughs) after every practice of fall camp to a standout player of the day basically um so like I over well (laughs) it wasn't like I mean I guess I don't know. They <laughs> there it is. There it is. Football's gonna suck. So much they had to give me the axe. They were like, "Take a picture with this." It's also funny, uh, like the differences of like Washington State and Idaho Vandals because they're in two different conferences, even though they're 15 minutes from one another. And like, I think the rules, quote unquote, and stuff are so much different. Like, it's crazy, night and day. They're what I'm saying is the Vandals are definitely more, I guess, relaxed in a sense. There's not as many strict um, rules and regulations to follow like Washington state. So um, it's just kind of, just kind of funny, but yeah, no, I try, I try to like keep it, um, not like overdo it, but then also I just, I think it's just because I'm passionate and I really like telling stories and um, showing people kind of my work, even if it's just a small snippet of it, of like the behind the, not, and, and, you know, people don't know what goes on, obviously, behind the scenes. I kind of told you guys a little bit of what happens. Not, that's not even the whole story, but it's just, you know, um, I think it's it's fun. And a lot of people have, have been really supportive, so that's been really great. I even had Tristan Garnett uh, reach out to me and Our say, hey, there it is. Wow, Tristan, that's so nice. Yeah, so I've had a lot of like family, friends, um, the Saints guys, like the coaches, like Riley and Cody, and obviously Tom and Aaron, um, they all knew that I was doing this, um, going out to Lewiston to, to Meanwhile, pursue this. I have not gotten a text from any of those guys since I left that place. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty happy. <laughs> I just like showed up, you know, because I showed up in person, like in June, um, to have yeah, my quote unquote. So they were like super happy for me and 
congratulatory, which was nice because I think the Saints, honestly, um, were a really big reason why I got this job. Honestly, I, I had got a lot of on-air opportunity. And then obviously with Utah too, my senior year, that was my real, I'm not kidding. I was like, half of it was like Saints stuff, my interviews. And then the other half was like um, Utah when I was like anchoring my my senior year when I was the sports director. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool. Kind of a full circle moment for sure. Even though, oh, speaking of full circle moment before we, we log off. Um, shout out to Big Al. I saw him on Friday, actually, because he uh, works for the Eugene Emeralds, which is the affiliate of the San Francisco Giants, and they played the Spokane Indians, and he was, like, so thrown off to see me. It was hilarious. He had to do, like, a double take. He was like, whoa, what? Like, what are you doing here? He was so for, shocked. For, so for those of you that don't know, uh, me and Gianna worked together before yeah. uh, we actually knew each other. We worked for the same college summer league team, the Arroyo Seco Saints. Awesome summer. Last summer yeah, was great. Gianna, <laughs> before you sign off, like you got anything you want to plug? You got any projects you're working yeah. on? Anything that you want other people to know about? in your life go ahead and you let got... them let them know where they can support you. yes plug your shit okay. plug your shit right now okay <laughs> all right so um if any of you do want to see my work which honestly that's my motivator right like the audience if they they like my content that's the most re rewarding part of my job um if you go on to klewtv.com slash sports, or you can just literally go into the sports section, I post a lot of my feature stories. It's not like, I don't post like every day. It kind of, like I said, it kind of just depends. Like I, every day is different. So if I have like a, a story, um, I have two from fall camp. So Idaho Vandals and Washington state as of recent, recently, um, I will post a, a lot of my story stuff on there. So you can also check that out. Um, my Twitter handle is changed now. I had to change it for work. So it's now Gianna Cephalu TV. Um, and then let's see my Instagram, Gianna underscore Cephalu. That hasn't changed. I also have the KayleeW.TV.com website in my bio on Instagram. So if you want to like check that out as well. Um, I honestly, it's kind of funny. I really don't have a sense or a gauge of like how many people do watch me every day, whether it's like KLEW people or I know my mom does. My mom watches every day. <laughs> she tunes in on the <laughs> computer. You can also, speaking of tuning in, you can also like tune in live technically, like on the KLEW website. We have five o'clock, six o'clock and 11 o'clock shows Monday through Friday. Um, in terms of what I'm working on right now. West Coast time, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be seven, eight and one in the morning a little, a little yeah. Yeah. i don't i for 11 p.m pacific time here so i don't know how many freaking people watch at 11 p.m at night um but anyway uh i think so this week um i may or may not i don't know i, I still kind of have to plan out my week because i'm again i'm sports director so there's nobody sports wise like that is the boss of me or in charge of my content specifically um mm -hmm. so you don't need no man well, actually, my boss is a woman, so um, mm. I see you don't she need, no need that woman. Huh? <laughs> technically, the, my boss, my boss's name is Anna. Shout out to her; she's amazing. It's the Anna and Gianna show, quite literally, because she is like the face of the kind of the okay. network TV. Okay. And okay. I come in, that. and then we have um, Keith, the weather guy, that does a few minutes of weather stuff. Keith. But um, yeah, <laughs> so it'll it's the Gianna and Anna show, technically, but. Um, 
featuring oh, I Keith. Oh, I thought you were going to be working on high school football. I don't, what'd you just say? I said featuring Keith. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Gianna and Anna show featuring, featuring Keith. Keith. Sorry, it was just Chris, the, too the, good to, to pass by. And Chris sometimes anchors, so, I don't know. He It kind of just depends for him. But um, but yeah, so Chris, Keith, Keith and Chris are kind of the, they're like the side people, but it's like the Gianna and Anna show, we kind of run it. So, um, but anyway, uh, in terms of like stuff I'll be working on, I mean, high school football is around the corner. High school camp officially starts actually tomorrow. Um, so I might be going to their practice either tomorrow or Tuesday. So kind of just previewing some high school teams, definitely trying to dumb it down a little bit though. Cause I, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we're even more short staff now. So I kind of have to change my strategy a little bit regarding high school football of what teams I will be covering or previewing just logistically speaking too, because some of these small towns are like an hour away. And I told myself, yeah. no, my cutoff is Moscow Pullman, which Pullman is where like Washington state is. So that's like a 40, 45 minute drive. Um, so that is the furthest I will go. I'm not going further than that because it's just not realistic for me, but um, yeah. So you could just probably check out my like high school features, um, my, my preview work, um like i said had fall camp um foot, when football season actually rolls around i'll be doing like highlights for some games i'll be doing actually a game of the week pregame show which is going to be quite the grind it's obviously a grind now but it's going to be even more so because it's a lot more detail and it's a little bit longer and um some of it will be live and then some of it will be like throwing to stories and and all that good stuff. So that's that's going to be kind of my docket for the fall is just pretty much high school football and then try to get to touch on college football if I can because yeah. we don't have shows over the weekends technically. So it's a little bit tough to kind of get to Saturday games unless if I have a day off during the week um, because they really try to not overwork me to technically more than 40 hours a week. So um, which is kind of hard to do in sports. But but yeah, yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of the gist. That's where to find me. Um, yeah, check it out. I don't know. You are you. You sound so busy. Like I don't even know how you're you a busy vandalizer. I don't know how. Oh, oh god, you guys. Geez. I seriously listen, like. I pretty soon she'll be a cougar too. On top of it, okay. Like that was, wash. Yeah, that was or Washington Husky? State. No, that's Washington, not Washington. Uh, okay, State. Uh, yeah, Gianna, it was a blast having you on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me, you're not that guy. Ah. Oh. That was great, wasn't it? That was so much fun. Gianna's great. Potatoes! I know. She uh, did not talk about potatoes as much as you would think. I am completely ashamed that she's neither not an, one of us brought up potatoes. But she's not She's not an Idaho person, you know what I mean? She's California trapped in Idaho. Sure, yeah. I get it. But I'm saying... Oh my god, are you dying? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. Well, this is just Dave's... Uh, not... Is it episodic? I don't know. It's quite frequent. But type 1 diabetes, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? Let's Hell make of a drug. Let's make insulin more affordable. Dear okay? Jesus, please. Okay. Thank you. Next. Um Should hot we get takes. into some hot takes? Yeah, hot take time. Okay. Um here's my hot take. Here's my hot take. I'm going to say that The Brewers missed the playoffs. That's not hot. It's not hot at all. In fact, I find that to be about as lukewarm as possible because I believe that's happening. It's not looking good. 
It's not looking good at all. And uh, I am not necessarily in sell mode. I'm in invest mode with the Brewers. I do think their future is pretty sick. I think they got a lot of young bats in that lineup that are going to come up at the same time. Like, it's going to be a whole Ricky Weeks, Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, Bill Hall shit all at the same time. You know, it's going to be a fun team in a few years. Uh, I'm sorry. We're not a World Series winning team, people. We knew that. We knew that. I'm sorry. We were not. Yeah. Um, Sorry to be buzzkill. It's just what it is. Okay? It's just what it is. The team went in a different direction than the fans necessarily thought, but let's look at it. Now that's the direction. Take it for what it's worth. All right. I'm going to give my angry hot take. The NFL will 100% get a year suspension out of Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay. 100%. They can't afford to take this lightly. Uh, they can't afford it. And they've already they responded so quickly to the six games. I think it's 12 games coming our way. Well, That's what I what? think. I have already – I think I said that last week. 12 games needs to be a minimal. I can at least – I think that's what we got. Grudgingly accept that. I think the NFL kind of wants him on the field, too, if he's the best player. I don't care. It's going to be 12 games. Fuck Watch. Him. 12 games. Fuck that I'm guy. not, hey, I'm, I'm just saying what I think of the NFL. I'm not saying what I think of myself, okay? Yeah. I, yeah. A year? Fuck yeah. I'm down with that. We'll see. We'll see. Should we get into ah. uh, quick hits? Quick hits. All right. Some quick, quick hits. Quick hits. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Wow, that one wasn't inserted. That was just Dave doing those. Yeah. Um, you want it a little bit different? Maybe like like walking? Quick hits. Oh, my God. Or, or, or like maybe some Godfrey? Like, how about some quick hits? Okay, Gilbert Godfrey's pretty decent. Yeah, that one oh, was... Then walking doesn't do it? Walking was, you know... You don't, you, you don't think I can talk like walking? Well, you know, it just, yeah, you, you just got to talk with a pattern. No, no, it's more Christopher Walker. And then every I, once in a while, I just drank some orange juice. You got you that's just how he talks. And don't forget, you gotta add the whisper. <laughs> yeah, see, see. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, quick hits for the week. Ah! I have a great story about Aaron Rodgers and this ayahuasca. Uh-huh. Is that how you say it? Yeah, ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. Where do you get this shit? Uh, I believe it is from, it's like a nectar of a plant. So I definitely, at first when I was like, what, isn't this the shit? Well, I definitely thought this was the shit koalas ate, but I was like, no, that's eucalyptus. (laughs) Like I totally just remember, like, because I was like, oh, that's what koalas get high on. But no, it's not. It's completely different. Uh, This is in like South America somewhere. Uh, And Aaron Rodgers. Last two MVP years, apparently he went down and got high as shit on some ayahuasca and had a pretty intense uh, spiritual and, I don't know, uh, psychedelic experience. Uh, My favorite part about this entire story, though, is Colin Cowherd's coverage of it because you can tell Colin Cowherd as... um, just knows nothing. Never done a drug in his life. Yeah. And, you know, good for you, Colin. Good for you. But just don't. Like, this was... Uh, I'll put this a little bit in there. I really feel like that experience paved the way for me to have uh, the best season of my career. All right. He used the word lover. We're not allowed to use that on this show. 
ever under any circumstances. So um, Aaron drank a psychedelic tea that made him hallucinate and yak. And he said it took him to a different realm. Aaron, I'm older than you. It happened to me, too. It was college. I had six rum drinks in 90 minutes. I saw weird things in Yak, too. I moved into a different realm. Yeah, six rum and Cokes. Like, that was... <laughs> that's the best line I've ever fucking heard in my life. Like, right. that was the most old man screams at cloud thing. Sections of the Benisterous Cappy Vine are macerated <laughs> and boiled alone or with leaves from any... Uh, or of a number of other plants. It's DMT, right? That's what he said. I, I'm pretty sure it contains DMT. Gives you some crazy hallucinogens. I don't know what the hell is up. Newsflash, yeah. people. Does this surprise anyone that Aaron Rodgers is on drugs? I, I'm not surprised at all. I, I've had a couple of moments where I've seen his fucking eyes. And I've thought, that man is stoned out of his mind of something. I don't know what it is. But do you remember when his comeback against the Bears? Oh, dude, yeah. he was off some Yerky or something. I don't know what it was, but for sure. My favorite thing of this Wikipedia article is, uh, among other ingredients, which can vary greatly from one shaman to the next. Fucking shamans, dog. Dude, so they talked about it at the station. I wasn't working, actually. I was just tuning in. 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee, if anyone wants to listen. Tune but, in, listen. Uh, they, uh... <laughs> Uh shit. Anyway, they were talking about it, and it got a lot of people calling in passionately about this topic. Like, in, not in favor? Yes. Yes. And it's, dude, the word of the fucking day was shaman, dude. People were dropping <laughs> shaman left and right. Like, they all had a fucking shaman, dude. Look, I and, mean, and you know what? And I, basically, I if you don't know what a shaman is, it's a teacher slash priest. Uh, yes. I, I shouldn't be laughing. I just wasn't prepared to see it in my in the Wikipedia. I, I was learning all about shamans on this this entire call, so it was so funny that you brought up that word. And I I don't know, man. I think that whatever it's going to be funny to see this reaction. Like, is Aaron Rodgers going to get drug tested for DMT now? Like, is he? That's on the banned yes. substance list. It's on the ban. One hundred percent getting tested. I was a little bit shocked that he just like outright said everything. Right? Maybe. Maybe. Him, our boy Jay Stu, Jason Stewart, Ooh. can get together. Yes. Let's just legalize everything. Yes. Yes. And invest in crypto. Next quick hit I have. Um, the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Like, we just said the Hall of Fame game, which we didn't talk about one bit on purpose today. Um, yeah, it, it was Raiders-Jaguars. 27-11 to 11 was the final score, if you cared. And that's all I'm going to tell you because no one you know played. I saw articles talking about how uh, you know the Raiders give the win to uh, what the fuck is the coach? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, McDaniel. Yeah, Josh McDaniel. Ugh, they get a, a win in his hometown. Yeah, who gives a but shit, th- guys? This is a practice game. No one Chill cared. No one out. cared. No one cared. Like Jake Lutton was the starting quarterback. I want to say for one of the teams. I don't even know. I just know I heard that name. So this NFL Hall of Fame game also gives you the Hall of Fame inductees from this year, and it has the ones for next year. And the ones for next year, man, this is a really interesting class because only eight people can get in, right? And yes. We have a really stacked class for the first time in a long time with this name of high power, I would say. So it's headlined by Darrell Revis. In. Cam Chancellor. Okay. 
Dwight Freeney. Oh, I'm I'm on the fringe on that one. For 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 first ballot, James Harrison in Chris Johnson. Nah. No. I don't think he makes it. Joe Thomas in Anquan Bolden. Not first ballot. Tory Holt. He's been on the ballot for a long time. He's got to get in. He's got to yeah. get in. How is Tory Holt not in the Hall of Fame? Because he had crazy. those years with the Jaguars. I guess. Devin Hester. I want him in so bad. He needs to be in. Devin Hester needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Chad Johnson. Never. Ocho Cinco. He's not. Sorry. Steve Smith needs to be in the Hall of Fame. I would love to see him in. And Reggie Wayne also going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's probably in. Oh, Jared Allen, Robert Mathis, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware, Vince Wilfork, Patrick Willis. I mean, all those guys. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Like, all of those guys have an argument. Uh, yeah. Demarcus Ware's got to be in, too. I'm going to also say Wilfork. Ooh. I think Wilfork's uh, a good choice. Patrick he, Willis might get this uh, retiring early, like, penalty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, dude was injured so often. I'm not taking anything away from him, but he just... Yeah, he was injured a lot. He might get in, though. He might get in eventually. Hey, big shout-out, though, to our guy Leroy Butler. Gave a fantastic speech. Shout-out shout out Drake. Shout-out Drake, dude. <laughs> what a fucking legend. What a Leroy, man. That that guy. That, did I ever tell you that I got an autograph from him? No. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we've met him a couple times. No, I got an autograph. I saw him at a Walmart. Oh, no shit. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit you're Leroy Butler he's like yeah let me get you an autograph and reached over grabbed a Campbell soup can signed it and said here you go <laughs> like he just had a fucking sharp and then he had to like buy the fucking soup like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know what a, a 74 cent can of soup granted I, I also was poor at one point so I ate that can of soup and it was worth it uh, my last one is Tiger Woods turned down like eight hundred million dollars? Nuts! Holy shit! What happened to that billion dollar deal? Wasn't he gonna get? Yeah, that? I guess he just isn't worth it. What a fucking you know. Yeah, who are you? Who do you think you are, Juan Soto? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then apparently, like Davis Mills' mom also trying to get him in on a turtleneck sponsorship, and oh, I just thought Jesus. that was <laughs> hilarious, dude. Uh, oh my god! Uh, Look at this neck. <laughs> That can't be real. Dude. Is that a ball sack? Look, it's from fucking PFF. Oh, my God. Imagine the turtlenecks you can fucking make with Davis Mills. <laughs> they would cover oh, my face. No. Holy shit. Hilarious. All right. Uh, I got some things. First up, uh, I want to do a quick shout out. R.I.P. Vin Scully. He passed away this weekend. What is it? Or maybe not weekend. Was it Friday? It doesn't really matter. It was on Monday. Uh, I was I was working, so I remember. Monday? Him. No, yep. it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was Monday, 100%. Wednesday. Oh, it must have been Wednesday. I was working. Sorry. Okay. But again, it was. It doesn't matter. What? Vince Scully. No way. Really? It was Wednesday? I think yeah. it was Monday, dude. Yeah. I don't think so. Is the article from Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, so he didn't die on Wednesday. Dude. Look up his death date right now. Vince Scully's a legend, man. Get his death date right. What is it? I'm going to tell you right now. They're not covering it three days later. I thought it was Monday. 
Thought he died last Monday. Just to be honest. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, wanted to shout out Vince Scully because dude's a legend. It was. It's basically him and Bob Uecker mm-hmm. at the very top. On that Mount Rushmore. 67 years worked for the Dodgers. That's Nuts. crazy. Also has a lot of famous calls. I'm going to throw a couple of them in there real quick, actually, right here. And just, like, did you even know he called the catch? I didn't even know. Yes. Yeah, he called the catch, called Gibson's home run. Of course, everyone knew that. But, uh, yeah, you know, he called the catch. And the other one that I have in there, uh, I forgot it right now. But I have a little pre-made thing, so I'm going to throw that in. Uh, Another thing I wanted to bring up, Bleacher Report. We know how much they fucking suck, right? Suck, except Mo Moten. We fuck with Mo Moten. No, no, no. Yeah, Mo's legit. Uh, Bleach Report put out an article for um, wins and losses for every team, right? So uh, what they think, you know, who's going to win, who's going to make the playoffs, who's a fringe playoffs team, uh, and then, you know, their win win share total, 13-4 for the Bills, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. The thing is, though, when you looked at everyone's thing and you added it all up, uh, it, it ran out to be 281 wins, to 263 losses for the entire NFL. Mm. Do you see the problem here? Yeah. Um, it should be 500. It should be 500. Yeah, for some reason, the NFL is 18 games over 500. Mm. So, um, nice job, Bleacher Report, you uh, fuck-ups. Jeez. What the flying fuck? I, I don't know what it did. I bet you Joe is just, like clapping at his fucking <laughs> like yeah go dave right now oh my god dude it's just that's just too funny to me uh and i had to shout out any type of bullshit we can throw back at bleach reports face next up dude slam ball is making a comeback this is big this is big holy shit man are you ready for some trampoline basketball ooh, mixed ooh, with rugby ooh, ooh. mixed with football we got to get some reels into them we are gonna get We're, no we gotta like try to call that yeah. we yeah we gotta get some reels in okay i'll we, send them some shit of mine we are going to get every last member of the i want to be slam we ball might just league. transition to a slam ball podcast like honestly okay <laughs> say fuck that yeah just, slam ball and pickleball <laughs> that's all, all we do we slam pickles, baby. Let's oh, go. Oh, God. <laughs> but, yeah, had to announce that. They haven't really gave too many details outside of the fact it's coming back in the summer of 2023. Holy shit. No, I'm, I'm seriously going to have to try to get some reels on that. I might, I might apply to that job. That sounds so fucking awesome. So fucking awesome. Uh, another one that I wanted to bring up. This isn't, this isn't sports related, but... It is so perfect for our quick hit section. I couldn't deny this article. Mm -hmm. Last week, 
top scientist in uh, space admits that the space telescope uh, t- image of a, a distant star was actually a piece of chorizo. <laughs> what? That's right. Uh, I, <laughs> See, we need another podcast for this. A French scientist had apologized after tweeting a photo of a slice of chorizo, claiming it was an image of a distant star taken by the James Webb Space Telescope. Uh, what? <laughs> he was praised for the level of detail that it promoted. Oh, and man. He said, picture of Proxima Centauri, the nearest star to the sun, located 4.2 light years away from us. And uh, after it came out... It was a fucking piece of sausage. Pe- look, look at this picture. <laughs> it, it looks like a fucking star. Yeah. The, uh, well, apparently people came out and were like, whoa, look at that. Yeah. It's a star. I love all the fucking science nerds like, oh, this is the fucking gas of this planet right here, right? So they were all looking real stupid, huh? So the, the scientist, uh, d- uh, Dr. Klein. Klein. Uh, Klein admitted later in a series of follow-up tweets that the image was, in fact, a close-up slice of chorizo mm. taken against a black background with the quote well when it's cocktail hour cognitive bias seems to find plenty to enjoy beware of it so they were just fucking with people according to contemporary cosmology no object related to spanish charcuterie exists anywhere else other than this earth charcuterie is a word that i feel like i haven't heard a lot in my life but i've heard a lot in this like this last year have you, have you felt that oh with that word? God. I didn't know charcuterie was a thing, but it just means I, I cheese like, and crackers, right? Uh, it, it, it's like a, a like a like a, a cutting board. It, right. It's not just cheese and crackers. It's like the the a setup board with like um stuff to grab. But you can say I want charcuterie for a snack. Sure. So it's I like, think of it like lunchables. Right, but I I just I never heard that word, and I it just keeps sneaking up on me more and more now. It's kind of weird. Uh, Klein did come out and apologize to urge caution regarding images that they see on the internet. You know, like from the fucking scientists themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Dick. So don't trust anyone is what it comes down to. Uh, Also, I don't know if you saw the video of the Iranian Hulk doing his uh, debut boxing match. It's really sad, Tom. It's that bad. Mm. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Iranian Hulk? You yeah, he's a big-ass yeah. dude, yeah. Right? Uh, well, he um, he started to do a boxing match. Here, I'll play a little bit of him. Uh, this guy is the dude in the blue. And I'll just continue to talk over it. Needless to say, he does nothing over this. Dude, he, he looks really slow on he top He looks really it. fat. Yeah. Really slow. Also, have you seen, like, the surrounding area? What? Dank ass base. That's Knights of Columbus. I mean, that they're fighting at Knights of Columbus, like uh, something like R. that. R.I.P. Knights of Columbus. Yeah, uh, so whatever that might be. It, it's even lower than that, though. And, like this is scary. You could see the mildew like building up off of this like flip phone. Oh, he just like camera. gave up too, and then he just like gave up. It's awful. Yeah, you can turn it off. Yeah, no, I don't need to bad. see it anymore. Bad. But my last one. This is my favorite, absolute favorite thing. Um, Mitchell Trubisky was at training camp and uh, then decided to sign some autographs 
You're right, which is legit. Nice. Um, he ended up meeting a, a young gentleman, and got him. Uh, that young gentleman got him to sign Mitchell Trubisky's infamous Twitter quote. Do you remember that one? I don't think so. December twenty seventh, two thousand eleven. Mitchell Trubisky. I love to kiss titties. I mean, is that infamous, really? I don't know if that's an infamous famous. quote. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty good for him. Uh, how much does that sell for? I don't know, but I want it. Yeah, I um, like that's one where if I own that, like I would worry, I would, you know, we should reach out to that guy. To be on the podcast? Yeah, something. <laughs> and then offer him a price. I might do it for a couple hundred bucks. Uh, I, I do love that one of the very first quotes um, is, Give this man the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Another one of, I wonder if I can get a ten uh, number 10 jersey with titties on the back. Jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> with the edit, looks like you can. <laughs> Dude, uh, oh, mind you, if you didn't notice, titties is spelled with two S's. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you do it like that, when you spell uh, it like that. And I, I guess this isn't a, a quick hit, but we're going to make sure that we leave the inspirational words of one Dan Campbell greeting the public at Detroit. Uh, what is it? Ford Field. Uh, so be ready for that, people. All right. I think that's going to wrap us up here, Dave. This is a banger. It's an absolute banger we just put out today. I hope you guys enjoyed it because this is a banger and we just grinded this podcast out too on on top of that we grind absolutely uh if you like this episode be sure you download us that's the best way to let us know that you guys had a good time you can download us on wherever you get your podcasts apple podcast spotify iheart pandora stitcher google podcasts I'm out. I'm out. I got no more. There's got to be more, but wherever you get them, I promise you can find down the wire. Just look Just look real deep. And if you don't want to download us, it's all right. You want to hit us up on the internet? You can do that at thechairshot.com. Can't wait for NASA to start posting pictures of their sausages. Peace. Hello, Motor City. This is unbelievable. Look at you guys. Listen, I, I, I would say this, uh, you guys have heard me say this, but um, I think what makes Detroit special is the fact that, that, man, you guys will roll your sleeves up and put in a hard day's work. And, and I think we want to model ourselves after that. I tell you what, you would give your coat in winter. You would give your coat to somebody in winter that needed it, man. That's what this community is about. However, 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 Nobody will take advantage of our hospitality. Nobody. So that's who we're about. That's what we're about. This team is working their rear off to give you something to be proud of. All right, they're grinding it out right now. And I know this, we are freaking starving. We are starving. So the hyenas better get out of the way. All right, ma'am. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.